0: to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips. I pray that you'll season my words with grace, that I may boldly proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you, Father, grant unto your people. Just pray this prayer, this prayer that never gets old, this prayer that is scriptural. Just lift up your hands and say, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the the richest treasures of your goodness and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe in Jesus' name. So just take a few moments, lift up those hands, and I want you to minister to the Lord. Father, we worship you. We glorify you. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you for the good works that you have planned for us. And Father, we do walk in them and we do reclaim reclaim those good works. And and, and I pray that this church would not be a church that will um, be be in faith only, but works. May our works abound. May our works abound. Father, may we, you you said to one church, I know your works. And Father, I pray that our works will be out of love and out of the, 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 the leading of the spirit. May we produce good works for others to see that they may come to know Jesus, that they may be born again, Father. Oh, Father, I pray that this next season will be, A a season that will echo in eternity of works, that we will produce so much works that it causes heaven to take notice, that heaven will see the works and that we'll be rewarded for the works that we do. Father, I pray for that as we go into this new phase and this new season, that we will abound in good works. Thank you for redeeming us from dead works but that, we, that our faith will be um, followed by good works in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, as we talk about dreams and, 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 and living your dream. I, I thank you that works will be upon our minds. We're not saved by our own works, but we're saved by the works of Jesus and we're saved to work. I thank you. Even as Lady Courtney has uh, uh, mentioned that we're saved to work. We're saved from something to something. And Father, we're saved from your wrath and we're saved to your, your righteousness that is in Christ. We're saved from dead works to g- good works. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've been blessed by the, the word that we've been sharing about dreams. How many have been encouraged by dreams? Amen. and And, and wanting to fulfill the God-given dreams. The religious mind will say, "Oh, I just want to fulfill God's dreams," and, and and that that is an element of truth. But God puts things in in our hearts for us to follow after. Amen. Amen. Uh, and we we are to take those things seriously, and and we we heard the Lord say some things last week, and we're we're going to continue on with this today. I'm going to talk about living God's dream. Amen. Everybody say, "Living God's dream." Amen. So living God's dream, as I think about the title, I think about living God's dream in your dreams. So we, we all have some dreams and you should be dreaming some big things for God. I want you to dream big. I want you to see yourself. And um, I started something and we'll talk about this the next time. Um, uh, 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 just the power of the imagination. And so last week I came to the church and I, I got my Tamika like this. I, I got my vision board and I began to cut out some things or print out some things and, and I put my pictures on some things and it, it just did something to me. Just it, it, the power of imagination and God did not give us our imagination for it to be the devil's playground, but for us to, to imagine some things. He said in Ephesians 3:20, 20, 20, that he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. All right. So, I do think that God has given us this imagination, this, this thing called imagination for us to use for his glory. And when I did a little bit of the vision board, I began, it's like I took control of my life. Religious folks will tell you, oh, God is sovereign and whatever happens, happens. And I I thank God that I I don't ascribe to that because that's not biblical. The word sovereign is not even in the Bible. So I think that sometimes when people think that they just settle for whatever happens. So if you have somebody born in poverty, whatever it is, or God wanted me to be poor, so let me just stay poor. And we know from Scripture, we saw saw from last week, 1 Corinthians 7, that if you have the opportunity to get free, then get free, right? So um, I think about slavery in this country. Um, it was horrific. There were believers who use the scriptures to enslave Africans, All right? That, that's, that's a serious thing. But I thank God for people like Carrie Tugman who did not settle for the theology of sovereignty and says, you know what? If this is God's will, I'm going to break it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to destroy it. But, you know, she's like, you know, I'm going freedom. And I'm going to set a lot of people free. So sovereignty thinking will say, well, this is my lot in life. So, and, and, and I know the song, It Is Written was written as, as a result of the man, his wife died, his kids died. And it is well in my soul. I get it. But um, there's some things that shouldn't be well with us. Some injustice. Come on. Some ways of thinking if, if, if you're not happy with your life, God has given us the ability to choose. And you and I live in a country. I just got back from Uganda. Just got back from France. We, in Uganda, 80% unemployment but in America we can choose to work whether at this job or that job and quit like you know I don't want to do that (laughs) I I want I think this job is hiring me going to make me some more money I'm gonna go there come on you better thank God for the country you live in because listen listen I I, I was over there preaching about dreams and and it was like something came alive in some people it's like man you mean to tell me that God will give me dreams that I can see myself out of poverty and see myself into other countries, and come on. <laughs> so I want to stir you up this morning. I want you to go after those dreams that God has placed in your heart. Get that vision board. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. And I'm telling you, um, what I did. What I, you know, Courtney always wanted. Uh, she listed ten things when I met her, and she's like, "These are ten things I look for in a future husband, my future husband." And I qualified for nine of them. One of them, I disqualified horribly. And the one that I disqualified was the six-pack. So what I did is I cut out a guy who had a six-pack and I put my face on it. (laughs) I felt control. I was like, yo, man. (laughs) And then um, um, I believe that the Lord has called us. There's going to come a time where we're going to be at two services, three services. And in less than three years from now, we have our own building that we own. The spirit of ownership is on our house. And we believe in getting ownership. If you're in an apartment now, just know in the future, you're going to have your own house. And you may be pot paying car payment, but you're going to own that car soon. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. 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 So the spirit of ownership is upon us. Amen. And we are to own stuff. Yes. Um, I, I, through way through, um, Pastor Bill Winston, through way of Courtney, Lady Courtney Scott, she said, she said, Bill Winston said something that triggered. And when she said it, it hit me, she said the book of um, the Bible is a book. It's a real estate book. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just, it, my mind started wondering. Yes. I said, man, God wants us to own some things. Yes. Amen? Yes. And so in less than three years, KLM will own their own buildings. Yes. Buildings. buildings. Lands yes. and buildings and vehicles and, yes. and, and, and all these great things. Yes. So I want you to think higher. Yes. God wants you to own some things. Yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. He wants you to pay off that mortgage quickly. Yes. It is not the will of God for you to pay for them for the next 30 years. God, what takes you 30 years, will take you naturally 30 years, God can do it in five. Amen. 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 Glory to God. And so we are to pursue those God-given dreams, whatever they are. And so what I did is I believe that KLM is the Lord has increased on his mind for our church and I believe that he wants us to be a mega church. I know that's, that's contrary to bu- popular belief, but mega, he's a mega God who's after mega people who wants to populate a bunch of people, um, populate heaven with, with a bunch of people. And so uh, what I did is I, I typed out, uh, printed out the top 10 largest church in America. The largest church in America right now is in a place called Edmonds, Oklahoma. 85,000 people in attendance. So what I did, they, they had a picture of him and then they had somebody else. And the third one was Joel Osteen and then in um, Lakewood, right? And so what I did is I took a picture of myself and I put it at the top of the largest growing church in America. And I put Kingdom Living Ministries, Perth and Boy, and attendance was 100,000. It did something to me. It set me free. I'm like, man, this is great. I could create my whole world. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, you know, I know people, God is in control, but he's given us the ability to choose. Amen. Amen. So today we're gonna talk about living God's dream. Living God's dream in your dreams. It isn't about you, but it is. (laughs) It's both about you and God working together to establish his will upon the earth. Isn't that good news? Let's let's talk about God's dream for a minute. Um, You know, God has always had a dream for a family. So so let me take you in the mind of God, eons and eons ago, it was Him, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together, and they enjoyed fellowship so much with each other, they wanted to extend that fellowship by creating humanity. Isn't that great? They invited us to be part of this fellowship. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's such love between the triune God. Jesus loves the Father. The Father loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves Jesus. And it's such great fellowship, unhindered, unbroken fellowship. Father enjoyed the Son so much that he decided among the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to create humanity to be part of this family. So he created Adam, gave him a wife, and gave them the command to to dominate, gave them the command to replenish the earth, fill the earth. He and Father God enjoyed the, the fellowship with Jesus so much that he wanted other sons and daughters just like Jesus, That's something powerful. And so he created Adam to have this ongoing fellowship, just like he had fellowship with Jesus. And Adam and Eve came into existence, and then he told them to fill the earth. So he wanted other sons and daughters just like Jesus. Let me tell you, the more and more we're like Jesus, the more our fellowship increases. When we're not like Jesus, the less our fellowship increases relationship is a matter of birth. Fellowship is a matter of choice. So we are born into this family by receiving Christ, right? So we're born again. We're made alive to God. And so now we're no longer just um, servants of God. Uh, we're not just creations of God, cr- created beings, but now we're, we're we are related. Father is our father. Jesus is our brother. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Come on. Uh, so God wanted fellowship with us. First Corinthians chapter one, verse nine says, God is faithful. who's called us into this fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And so this is a great fellowship. God enjoyed his fellowship with Jesus. He wanted other sons and daughters to be just like Jesus. So now we can have fellowship with God, just like God, the father, God, the son. Amen. Guess what? He has other people in his mind. So he doesn't just want you and I to be saved but he wanted other sons and daughters. God has already provided everything that we need for life and godliness according to Peter. So we, we have healing for our bodies. We have forgiveness for our sins. We have the word of God for our, the renewal of our minds. What does God use to teach us? The word. Religion tells us that God uses circumstances. Don't base your life on circumstances. Circumstances do not teach you anything. You know, save and unsaved people go through the same circumstances. <laughs> so, I mean, people say, oh, this sickness drew me closer to God. No, you decided to believe God <laughs> in the sickness. I, I've worked in the hospital. And I've seen people mad and dying mad at God. So sickness does not bring you closer to God. It's what you do in the sickness that draws close to God. Amen. So God uses his word to teach us. He does not use circumstances to teach us. Are you with me? I know people think that, but let's look. I mean, why give us 66 books if we're going to ignore it and just base our life on circumstances? So, God, you gave us the word of God. He's provided healing for our bodies. He gave us financial prosperity for our pockets. He's given us wisdom, provided wisdom for us, gave us for our spirits. He gave us his spirit to fill, uh, to fill us. And he wants us to reign on the earth like he reigns in heaven. That's the will of God. A living God's dream is to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. So go with me to Philippians chapter 2. We're talking about living God's dream. Philippians chapter 2, I'm reading out of ESV. Philippians chapter 2. Everybody say living God's dream. dream. Philippians chapter 2 verses 19 through 21 says this. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by the news of you. For I have no one like him who genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own what interests and not those of Jesus Christ. The Lord is concerned with people. He has people on his mind. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this, that the Son of Man came to seek to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come to the earth? To seek the lost. To save the lost. To save lost fellowship with the Father God. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. We're talking about living God's stream. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, What's the next part? That he may what? Oh that he may bring us to God. So the goal of Christianity is to get people to God. Amen? <laughs> Isn't that good news? That is a profound scripture. Yes, he's provided healing for our bodies. He provided peace for our minds. He, he gave us um, wisdom and, and joy and, and, and peace and all these great fruit of the spirit. But he, the goal of all these things is to get us to God. Jesus suffered to give it us to God. Good news, isn't it? <laughs> so, so the purpose, per- why he saved you, he just didn't save you to just go to heaven, but to get you to God. And then he wants to turn around and use you as a laborer to bring others to God. Amen. All right, we're going to talk about this in a minute. So the gospel is the only message to bring people to an understanding of their sins and their need for the Savior. Living God's dreams or living God's dream is about fulfilling the Great Commission. So we looked at the scripture last week. Let's go back over there, Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine. Glory to God. Are you okay today? Amen. We're, we're talking about living God's dreams, more specifically in your dreams. And we're gonna give you some practicality in a couple of weeks about imagination, redeeming the imagination, what to do with your imagination, and to pull out those vision boards and begin to dream again. Amen. Yeah. Begin to see yourself in that house. Uh, why, do, why should God bless you with a house? Because He wants to. He, he delights in the prosperity of His servants. And if He delights in the prosperity of His servants, He delights the prosperity of His children. But it's not just for those things, right? Um, he's given us all things to enjoy, according to Timothy. And we want to enjoy those things, but we also got to think like, I- I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's right. Amen. So if you're not broke and you got money, then why not? Why not be a blessing to the nations? That's, right. That's the gospel according to Genesis, right? He, he spoke it to, Gen- to Abraham. And um, one of the things that I want to do as well as I was thinking about this is, um, you know, the richest people in the world. And so um, this guy is now the richest guy. Just in October, he became the richest person. He was like number two for a while. And now he's, his, I, I don't know quite his last name, but his first name is Bernard. And so right now he's the richest man in the earth. And I said, what if I just cut that out and put my name up front? Hey. I think God wants us to be rich. Because <laughs> if you could be faithful with the five dollars, right. he can bless you with the five billions. Amen to be a blessing amen. amen the devil doesn't want a sold out man and woman of god yeah. to be the richest person on the earth because yeah. we're gonna do some good that's right so think i want you to think about that why not be the richest person that's ever was in your family in your neighborhood in your state in your country in in this coast are you with me yeah. why not have that vision uh, that's what much a bunch of religious uh a worldly possession well I don't think God is mad about us having possessions. He just doesn't want the possessions to have us. Yes, yes. And so if, if, if he knows that he can get us, get it through us, he'll get us to us. Yeah. And so if we could just have just a little bit of that to take care of our family and the, the rest is to be a blessing to somebody else. To not want more is to be selfish because it's just, it's all about you, right? Just bless me and my family and not having a vision for more. If you got vision for more, you say, you know what? I want to be a blessing to somebody else. Right. All right, here we go. Um, uh, Matthew chapter nine, we looked at this last week as, as Jesus was dealing with um, the harvest. Verse 39 says this, uh, actually 36. And Jesus went throughout the villages and cities, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Let's just stop there. Jesus went about, went around teaching, preaching and healing. The threefold ministry of Jesus, teaching, preaching, and healing. We preach the lost, we teach the believer, and we heal all bodies that are sick. <laughs> so teaching, preaching, and healing, that's, that's the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus is the head, right? And we're the what? Body. So we should be doing what Jesus did. Amen. What would Jesus do? He Whatever the scriptures did, said he did. He went around teaching, preaching, and healing. So let's inform unbelievers. I mean let's inform believers. Let's preach to unbelievers and let's heal some bodies. Amen. You'll never know if God will use you in healing if you never pray for somebody who's sick. Amen. If you wait around to feel something, you'll never the devil will make sure you'll never feel anything. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's look at verse 38, 36. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. How do you see the people around you? He saw the crowds. Do you see people around you? I just got a book. It's a secular book, um, Psychologist, Psychology, Psychologists. Um, and the book is, How Do You Know People? And in this book, he talks about, I kind of got it because I want to be a better leader, right? That, that's, that's the purpose of it he talked about not, not seeing people. And sometimes we're so selfish that we don't see people. So do you really see the people around you? Do you feel what they feel? Or at least try to feel what they feel? I, I, I do th- believe that we're called to see people around us. Jesus saw the crowd. He assessed the crowd. He, he recognized There's something going on, they're helpless. You know, the people around us are helpless. If they don't know Jesus, they're helpless. There's so many believers who are discouraged. I do think that if Christians are dealing with depression, if they'll just go out and be a blessing to somebody else, that depression will break. Why not do something else? Instead of crying about your situation, let me go get a card. Let me cash out somebody. Amen. Let me sell somebody. Let me do something for somebody else. It's not about just, oh, me, me, me. I got this wonderful relationship. If it's so wonderful, share it with somebody else. Amen. Amen. God give us joy for somebody else. He give us life and life more abundant for somebody else. Give some joy to somebody else. You need some. Some other people need some joy. Bring a smile to them instead of, I just want people to serve me. No, the greatest is the servant of all. Amen. So let's serve everybody around us. I mean, serve the unbeliever, serve the believer, serve the fornicator, serve the homosexual, serve the pimp and the prostitutes. Amen. Serve everybody. Yeah, everybody. The master and the slave both need Jesus. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Glory to God. So he saw the crowd. Do you see people correctly? Let's go to Isaiah six, Isaiah six. I'm gonna take my time, Isaiah chapter six. I wanna bless a bunch of people. I want it to be in the thousands and the millions of people that got blessed by me doing what God called me to do, by having dreams bigger to bless the world. Let us make a mark on the earth that cannot be erased. Let us do something so significant for God that it echoes in eternity and we populate heaven with a bunch of people. I don't want to go to heaven without people. I, I, I know it's not going to be boring because God is there, but why not try to take everybody in my world with me? Isaiah chapter six, verse one, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Let's just stop there. When your King Uzziah's died, that's when you're going to see the Lord. There's too many Kings Uzziah's in our lives. Let's kill them. King Uzziah, when he died, that's when he saw the Lord sitting upon the throne and high and lifted up and his train filled, his train of his robe filled the temple and above him stood the seraphim and each had six wings and two covered his face and two, he covered his feet and two, he flew. So that, how many, that's six wings, right? So these, the ideal of just one wing and it's just, it's not scriptural. And one called to one another said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so some believe that it's not just they weren't saying holy three times, but it was just echoing. Holy, holy, holy. And so they ground the throne of God and they are declaring his holiness. And I believe that this one man of God said that as they're beholding his holiness, they're seeing another glimpse of how holy he is. So every time they go around the throne of God, they actually see another glimpse another dimension of his holiness. Uh, There's nothing about God that's stale. There's nothing about God that's boring. And as you draw closer to him, there's always something fresh and new with God. And so as you go and spend time in prayer, as you even read the begots, you'll get some revelations from the begots. And how, as look at Noah's, um, the ark and how detailed God is. He's that detail oriented. God is in the details, not the devil. God is in the details. And he will give you, he, he's concerned about your heart and how whether or not it is it, pumping the right amount of blood. He's concerned about all your cells. He's concerned whether or not th- those brain cells that you blew up when you were smoking marijuana. He's concerned about all of those things. Do you understand that? God is into the details. He knows the numbers of your head. Even to the point where you don't have no hair, he knows if the follicles of where they are. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. God is into the details. And he is concerned about, he's concerned about what you're concerned about. The smallest thing <laughs> that set us free. Amen. And so we see this, uh, these, these angels, there declaring, and the foundation of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Sometimes people get upset about people falling out. What are they going to do when smoke starts manifesting in the glory of God? And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. When you really see the Lord, you see how lost you are without him. (laughs) Isaiah had a revelation as he saw who the Lord is. He got a revelation of himself. I am, I'm lost. I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips for my eyes have not, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So he was able to properly see himself in light of seeing the Lord. When the gospel is truly preached, we see ourselves in light of who the Lord is. And then he turned around, he says, I dwell among a people with unclean lips. So he was able to assess the people around him and the society around him, how unclean they were. And you know, lips is a representation of the heart. So he saw how wicked the people around him. And we don't see society right until we see God right. And so here Jesus, going back to Matthew 9, he says he saw the people for who they are and he saw them correctly. He recognized, wait a minute, um, Isaiah said, God, basically God is not unlike us. He's in a class by himself. Holiness is, is one of God's distinctive characteristics. He's pure, he's complete, he's perfect. He sits high, he looks low. Do you see people for who they are? Are you getting to know people around you so you can Properly see them and provide the solution. Let's go back to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. I'm almost finished, I think. Matthew chapter 9. We're talking about living God's dream. Matthew chapter 9. And let's look at verse um, 37. Then he said to his disciples, say this, let's say it together. The harvest. Okay, let's together. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors. Okay, let's stop there. So he saw their need for a savior and he turned around and he said, There are more souls ready to be born again than there are people willing to share the gospel. The harvest is plentiful. This is why he tells the disciples, he says, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. If somebody doesn't receive the gospel that you're preaching, don't waste your time back. We don't, we're not called to beg people to get saved. Nowhere in the scripture are we begging people, come to Jesus, we compel them, we we, we stretch out the table, say, hey, the the Lord got a table for you. And if they choose to walk away, let's go on to somebody who will receive us. So the harvest is plentiful, but the problem is we don't have enough people working in the harvest field. And even in our church, we don't have enough laborers. There are more people willing to be born again and come to our church then we're willing to handle it. Willing to share it. We should be at three services now. <laughs> oh, you ain't got the vision, huh? We should be at five services, a demand for another building. Yeah, come on. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then, but I, lo- I love Jesus. He just doesn't tell us the need, right? He, he goes on, he, oh, let's stop there. He says, there are more souls to be saved than there are willing, pe- people willing to share the gospel. Laborers are few. That's not enough. Uh, guess what? We have a lot of title-driven people, but very few laborers. Mm. By about a, the about a year 2025, there'll be more apostles than there were in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's an apostle. Bishop, apostle, prophet. And I'm not saying those, those are not legitimate titles. What, what I'm saying is, There are more titles, title-driven people, than there are laborers. God is looking for qualified laborers. This church is about raising up laborers, raising up spirit-filled, spirit-led laborers to go into the harvest, go into the realms, and to be the light and proclaim the gospel. Uh, God is looking for laborers, and I want to qualify as a laborer. Amen. He provided the solution to the problem He gave us like, listen, there is a solution to this. The laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. So if I'm a farmer and I got more, I have more weight. I mean, I don't have enough laborers to go and get the harvest. Spiritually speaking, there are not enough Christians ready to witness and tell others about Christ. Let's look at this real quick. Verse 38, it says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The word sin means to thrust. God is looking to thrust laborers in his harvest field. He says, I, I'm, and, and, and in the harvest field, I don't want you to just think of, and we have equated witnessing to going on the streets on Saturdays. That is a small part, portion of it, but there's a higher way of witnessing. That God will plant you, he'll call you into the medical field, equip you for four or five years, get you into debt, not really, but if you follow him, he won't, Uh, or get you out to pay that debt off quickly, make you a doctor or nurse, put you in the hospital so that you can witness to people who are ready to receive Christ. He'll call you to be a lawyer, put you in the courtroom, make you learn all the laws so that you can be a witness in the court. He'll cause you to be an actor or actress. Yes, he will put you in the, in the um, entertainment field so you can be a light and to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. He'll call you to be an entrepreneur and call you to hire people so you can be a light. Come on. <laughs> God is concerned about every industry. He'll raise up men and women and throw them into the harvest field. He'll move a person across the nation just to be next to a person so they can preach the gospel to them. Amen. He'll give you the house on Hollywood, you know, the Hollywood thing. Put you on high so you can be in that realm so you can proclaim the gospel. Amen. Amen. Or he'll call you into the outermost parts of the world and into, the, 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 into Haiti or into the Philippines and put you among the poor so you can be a light. Amen. He's concerned about the rich and the poor. Come on. And so laborers are few. So he says, pray earnestly. Don't just pray lightly concerning this. Pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest will throw laborers into his harvest field. Are you ready and willing for the Lord to throw you into his harvest field? However, he does it. He'll put you in a school so you can be a witness. He'll he'll, he'll put you in a nice neighborhood so you can be a witness. He'll put you in a bad neighborhood so you can be a witness. He'll put you around and go to the grocery store and ask me to be a witness. Glory to God. He's looking for laborers. But I love that the fact that he didn't stop there. He turned around in chapter 10, verse one. He says, and he called them unto himself. He called to him his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority. and goes forth. So not only did he pray He assessed the needs, but he prayed about it, but he did something about it. He did something about it. He not only prayed it, but he did something about it. We just don't want to talk about the issues or even pray the problems or the solutions, but actually do some works that will line up with our faith. Go and do it. (laughs) Let the Lord send you into someone's life to make a difference. Say, Lord, come on, say this. Say, "Lord, Lord, make me a difference maker. Lord, let me be an answer to someone's prayer. Come on, meet it with your heart. Lord, make me an answer to somebody's prayer. Okay, you better get ready to be blessed. You are an answer to somebody's prayer. You got the words of life inside of you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. God has given you the Holy Ghost to be a witness, to be a light, to be a solution to somebody's problem. Come on, I'm looking at a bunch of solving, Holy Ghost filled people, solving people's problems. You got the words of life. (laughs) With all your issues, God can still use you. Your issues don't disqualify you. They position you to be weak so he can be strong. Glory to God. He'll take your weakness and turn it into a ministry. The devil will use your issues to stop, try to block your ministry. But we're all called to ministry. You got a ministry on inside of you. Some of y'all got multiple ministries. Don't just think about the pulpit. Very few people are called here, but all, all of us are called there. God wants to take us. He wants to change us. He wants to change a nation. He wants to change a group of people. He, he gave you a dream so he can so you can leave a legacy of the gospel on the earth that it could echo when you're in heaven and join his presence. Your, the, the, the effect of your ministry is felt a hundred years from now. There was a guy, he's a Puritan. His name is Richard Baxter. And I, I have tried to be a pastor after his own heart. <laughs> I have failed miserably. But this guy, um, was was in a little town in Europe, and he decided to do use um, catechism to get the gospel to the, the people. So he would go. He spent some time in prayer and in the Word, but he would spend most of his time with the members and in the community, going over catechism. You know, questions and answering to the gospel. And then somebody gets married, he would go over there and teach the husband how to lead family worship. And they say that a hundred years after he was dead, the town still felt his ministry. The, the The bars were closed. There were more Christians in that community than were any other parts of the area. I'm not saying we're called to do it, especially after 9-11, I mean, um, um, COVID-19. <laughs> I'm not going into everybody's house. <laughs> Let's meet at the Starbucks. <laughs> I don't even drink coffee. I'll drink some green tea. While you drink your little coffee, I preach the gospel to you. <laughs> but but you, you see, I believe that God wants us to have such an effect. If, if we're not called to nobody else but our kids, you, you, if, if all you're called to, you got to make sure that you got the gospel to your kids. Amen. But I want to tell you there's more. Hey, it's not just your kids. It's somebody else's kids. Amen. All right, let's, let's go. So who are you? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Time for time's sake. We are the salt of the earth. Everybody say the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Religious people say, I thought Jesus was the light. He is the light, but he made us the light. We're the light. So I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. So, you know, salt preserves things. Let me know what happens if you if you eat too much salt. You get thirsty, right? I think we need to be so salty that we make the world thirsty for Lord Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, let God be so much in our lives. Let, let God be so stronger in our lives than the sin of our neighbors. That our very present. calls conviction. Then when we walk in the room. They sense holiness. Yes, they sense God. There's light. I've, I've I had this happen once. <laughs> it hasn't happened again. I, I walked in. I was, talking, I was praying fast praying, fasting, and praying fast. And Courtney's former pastor um, asked me to come down and minister. And I walked in the restaurant room and everybody looked at me. I was like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> who are they looking for? But I'm telling you, the presence of God. It happened once. I mean, it doesn't make me anybody special. <laughs> so they not be like, oh man, you got to know it." That was one time. <laughs> All the other time, I was like, who's that bomb? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm telling you, our presence should carry the, we should be carriers of the gospel, of the glory. So we should carry the glory everywhere we go. That we're looking for opportunities. We have a smile despite what's happening. We have God to give you favor, yes, to get the new house. God will give you favor to get the new job. But above all, he'll give you favor with the unbelievers. Amen. Amen. Lord, give us favor with unbelievers yes. so I can Amen. share the gospel. Okay, real quick, real quick. Um, so what are you called to do? You call to let your light so shine before others. Let's go over there. We have to go to Matthew 5 real quick. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, real quick. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, and I think we have some Saltless Christians, they lost a taste. It, it, uh, they don't have enough Jesus in them. Um, they got some other, some other seasons on them. They, they got the season of the world. They got the se- season of pornography. They got the season of adultery. They got a, the seasons of greed. They got the season of gossip. How shall its saltness be restored? Is no no longer good for anything itself to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. He turns around, he says, but you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to the, in all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. <laughs> uh, I do believe that we're, some people are not allow, allowing their light to shine. They're letting their darkness to shine. God does not get, and I know what it is, people like to be transparent these days. They like to be um, hot, honest, open, transparent. But a lot of people's testimonies don't need to be shared. All the details. Are you with me? Yeah. That does not bring people to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can look at anybody, listen to anybody on podcast and they'll tell you about their, be- oh, my, my wife is about to leave me. Okay, so it doesn't make me want to be like Jesus. Okay, I'm not saying cover up stuff, but in the name of being real, what it is, they real carnal. They're, not, they're real fleshly. They want people to know all the dirt that they did. Dirt never brings glory to God. But a life saved by grace does. I'm not saying be a fake Christian. I'm saying to if you get into that, maybe, but not publicly. It's under the blood anyway. So if we believe that the blood is enough, it treats me as if I never did those things. I was that, but now I'm this, <laughs> I'm righteous. I'm a saint in Christ. I'm set apart. I just messed up, but thank God for the blood. Amen. All in the name of real, uh, you're not being real. I remember people used to say, you're not being real PD, what's your issues? Jesus. <laughs> I mean, why do you have to go into my my life uh, what you call skeletons? The skeletons don't exist because it's under the blood. Amen. Wow. There is no skeleton. You'll see Jesus back there yes. in His finished work. Amen. <laughs> you want the closet? Let me show you Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that messed up a lot. Oh, the whole ministry is to tell you how how messed up, and they are using profanity. That doesn't draw people to Jesus. Using profanity makes you like them, wow. and there's nothing that they want. They don't want to be like them. They're looking for something different. They're looking for a light. They're looking for a different path a new way of living, something that is from heaven, not from the earth. Amen, so um, um, some people are letting their darkness shine instead of letting the light of the gospel. Let people see your good works. What good works are you producing? Some believers are afraid of good works because saved by grace. We're saved by grace, but we're saved to work. Good works are used by the Lord for people to see our light. So are you producing good work? It says, "Let your light so shine before people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." Let's produce works. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved to work. There are, not, there are too many lazy Christians, not really, to, not ready and willing to do the work. Let's go to Second Corinthians as I close. That's my second close. I got one more. Second Corinthians chapter four. <laughs> Living God's dream. Everybody say, "Living God's dream." So what is this dream that God has? This dream that he has is for the lost to be saved, for for us believers to be a witness. Verse one, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we will commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So notice that Paul is talking about everybody's conscience. Some people, they're like, oh, I have a freedom um, to do this. I have a freedom to do that. Yeah, you may do, but are you living in a way that you're committing yourself to everybody's conscience? If that's going to cause people to not see Jesus, then I'm not willing to do it. If so, and my former employee is going to hinder my light, I'll take the loss. I know that went over pretty well. Some of y'all may be in a lawsuit right now. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying, consider Jesus. Amen. Consider the years of you serving at that company. What, are you willing to risk all of that and put that in the garbage all for some money that's going to perish? Right. What's that? That's utterance. <laughs> it might not be somebody here. It might be somebody online. That sounds good. <laughs> Verse three. And even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. So if the gospel is hidden, it's hidden for those who do not believe. In their case, the God, the liturgy of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from what? Send the light of the what? Gospel of the what? The glory of Christ. Who is the image of God? But for... For, we, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And it says, for God said, who, let, who said, let it shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we see from the scripture that it says the gospel is hidden from those who are perishing. The Holy Ghost moves on the hearts and the minds of men and women when they hear the gospel. If the gospel isn't preached, that there's nothing for the Holy Ghost to bring conviction to. There are some Christians who will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and pray for people to be saved. But unless the gospel is preached, they'll never be saved. The people that they're praying for. God has set it up this way. The gospel is required for salvation. There's no saving without the gospel. Everybody say, there's no saving without the gospel. You, we can give out the, uh, November 11, give out all the clothes and all the food. And if the gospel is not preached. We, we, we are laboring <laughs> in vain. The purpose of outreach is the gospel. Amen. You can pray for a person for 50 years, but if they don't hear the gospel, they'll never be saved. The gospel is the only thing that saves. The light of the gospel must be shining to them. So guess what? Satan has blinded millions of people from the gospel. Satan has blinded both the believer and the unbeliever. He's blinded the believer of not evangelizing. He's blinded the unbeliever from hearing the gospel. So he's reigning in both realms, both in the church and outside of the church. When the last time you led somebody to Christ? When the last time you shared the gospel? Don't answer that, look straight, everybody. And I'm not talking about social media. If you think social media is an outreach, you have missed the mark. The only evangelism that you've done is on social media, you are missing the point. <laughs> Everybody's quiet. I'm preaching to my, my little 300 people. <laughs> I got 4,000 people, it don't matter. They ain't not your friends. <laughs> they don't know you. <laughs> so so let, let, let's move beyond social media. I'm discipling online, garbage. You're not, ain't no accountability. <laughs> I, I'm in a group chat and I'm checking on that. I'm the pastor of the group chat, garbage. It, 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 you know, you're know, doing nothing. <laughs> Carnal people getting together in a group chat, talking about whether or not you should go to church or whether or not you had a dream of a demon. Oh my God. I, last night I had lust. Welcome to the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You all will always have lust if you're on this side of heaven. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me stop. <laughs> Satan has blinded millions of people. If they're unsaved, they've been blinded by Satan and they're saved, and they don't witness, they've been blinded by Satan. If you're not witnessing, if you're not looking for an opportunity to share the gospel, you are blinded by Satan. He has allowed... One of the reasons why people don't witness, Christians don't witness, because they love this world too much. Mm -hmm. They love their relationships too much. What if you go and witness at the the family reunion, and you're no longer invited? So what? I got a new family. (laughs) It's easier said than done. So I don't want you to, 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 to think that we're trying to, to separate ourselves. But if the gospel separates us, let it be so. That's right. Amen. 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 Yes. If the gospel separates you from your natural born family, yes. so be it. Now I'm not saying that you do that on purpose. <laughs> Some of y'all want to be separated. You're doing it on purpose. Oh, I'm gonna separate. Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't call him anymore. <laughs> don't call her anymore. Some of y'all, I know your, your works. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I don't. Want, I didn't want. I didn't want to go to family reunions. Them dumb shirts. Go to Disney World. Everybody act like they know each other. The uncle that you know <laughs> get drunk at every family reunion. Not living anything. There's your witness Nobody want to take, talk to. <laughs> I, no, don't, don't be like that. <laughs> your family need Jesus. God, who is sovereign, put you in that family. <laughs> now you believe in the sovereignty of God. Absolutely. He sovereignly puts you with your mom and your daddy and your family. So if you got crazy folks, you're in there for a reason. And he saves you in the midst of the craziness so you can bring light. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Some Satan blinds, again, the unbelievers from receiving the gospel, and he blinds the believers from preaching the gospel. I've never heard that before. So if you haven't preached the gospel, you're blinded by Satan. If you're so consumed with your prayers, when you've not done what the Lord told you to do, pray for the harvest, pray for the laborers, your prayers have not experienced the full glory that God wants them to experience. Your number one dream should include the salvation of the world. Amen. <laughs> so you thought this whole series about you get in your house, get your house, get your money, get your promotion, but let the heartbeat be the gospel. Amen. Let the heartbeat be, I want salvations to happen to the world. I want the world to receive. That's the heartbeat of your dreams. You think God's going to fund your dream when it's all about you feeding your flesh? You thought that that's what we were teaching? You got the wrong church,
0: the wrong pastor.
1: The heartbeat to get people saved. He'll give you money if you got your mind on what he is interested in. And in the midst of it, he'll give you a dream for the fulfillment of your joy. He's that good both to give you the dream, fulfill your heart. At the same time, to push his dreams. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he's that big. You don't have to choose either or. You can have both. Amen. Let's almost finish. Um, Romans 1.16, the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I, I love, man, Daniel was talking about this. I love the praise and worship services that we have in different places. But praising and worshiping God doesn't save anybody. Let me just get them in the presence. It doesn't save anybody. It's the gospel. <laughs> so if you go to a service and all they do is praise and worship, you can expect nobody to be saved. <laughs> That's
0: right.
1: Unless the gospel is preached, salvation will not come. The Bible says, Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation. No gospel, no power. We got people praying for power. I want the power, I want the gifts, I want the gifts. No, the gifts are to point to Jesus. Signs and wonders of the Christ to come. Healing is the uh, dinner bell. (laughs) It's time for dinner. I'm gonna heal your body so you can know the Christ who can heal your soul. Uh, I'm gonna give you a word of prophecy not to flatter you concerning the future to point you to Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So God anoints me to prophesy to bring them to Jesus, both saved and unsaved. So if your prophecy brings you to you, then you missed the mark. You spin out of another spirit, familiar spirit. Me telling you about something happening in your life does not make me special. And it should not draw attention to me. Let me tell you about the one who told me so he can deal with the real issue, the root issue. Amen. Um, Gospel, the power of God to save real quick. I'm going to give you this. Let me give you this real quick. Um, There are, uh, there's a war over souls. We have to be confident in the gospel. Some reason, um, the biggest problem with evangelizing is getting people to evangelize. (laughs) If you just open your mouth, you will feel it. I don't know anything. What do you know? I was once lost, but now I'm found. Jesus can save you. Yes, That's it. it. I was once blind, but now I see. That's it. That's, it. That's it. Your testimony. You don't have to go in. I was divorced. I, I got molested. I got beat up. I got picked on. I was bullied. No, no, you don't have to go into all that detail. I was lost, but now I'm found. Yes, Jesus is the way. Yes, sir. <laughs> and if God allows, leads you to the, tell you all the little details, praise God. But that, there's no power in that. People telling their stories all the time. People go and get a degree in storytelling. Telling your story has no power in it. But telling his story in your story, that's where the power comes in. It's just like the people, I'm going to mess with y'all. I'm not real big on miming, right? Um, Back in the day, they used to have like miming. They would mime. You know, know, they have the music, speak to my heart, you know? And people be crying and stuff, but people are ups- uh, really get emotionally touched because of the words of the soul, not necessarily the mind. And it was oh, man, such a power. No, there's no power in that. <laughs> that never saved anybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just messed up somebody's ministry. Boo, I ain't, I ain't going to sow it to you. So, win, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it ain't no ministry. You want to talk about ministry? You open your mouth and proclaim the gospel. That's,
0: right. yes, sir.
1: That's ministry. Yes, sir. You hand that coat, Jesus loves you. Here's a track. Yeah, yes, sir. Let me tell you, though, God who provided you this coat is the God who could give you the coat of favor yeah, that's with right. the Father. That's right. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Satan isn't playing any games. Some believers can't defeat the little devil that keeps them out of church. And <laughs> hey, when you understand the gospel and the goodness of God, you want to go to church, the door is open. Uh, The higher ranked devils will distract you from sharing the gospel, bringing people to the the gospel preaching church. But most Christians are distracted by the cares of this world. (sighs) Glory to God. Let me give you some reasons why people don't evangelize. Uh, One is the lack of knowledge. They don't know the gospel. A lack of knowledge. They just don't understand. They know they say, but they don't understand the implications of the gospel. That's one. Another one reason is the lack of passion and zeal for the loss. They don't have a hunger for the loss. Yeah. They're so satisfied in their salvation. But if you're really satisfied in your salvation, you want others to experience. I don't know about you, but when I find a restaurant, I want everybody to know this restaurant. If I find an artist, I want everybody to know this artist. I want, it's a book, I want everybody to know this book. The same way. When I, when I met my wife, I wanted everybody to know my wife. When I was teaching in the classroom, I would be teaching math, social studies, science. Uh, algebra one and two, and then I'll preach the gospel of Courtney. I did, honestly. Um, fear of rejection is another reason why. People are afraid to be rejected. How many of y'all don't like rejection? I'm going to raise my hand. I don't like rejection. But guess what? When you preach the gospel, you can expect to be rejected. If they rejected Jesus, they'll reject you. So don't be afraid to be rejected. Put yourself out there. Take a risk. That's right. Take a risk. Say, so, You know, I'm going to share, share the gospel with you. I don't know if I don't know if I like it. it doesn't matter. I'm a Muslim, so what? God can save the Muslims. He can save the Jehovah Witness. Oh, I love my lust so much. God can save you from your lust. He's a lust buster, just like the Ghostbusters. Come on. Um, another reason why people don't witness—they love this world too much. They love this world too much. They—they don't want anything to shake their world. Um, there was one lady. She was a lesbian. She was actually get, about to get married to a woman. Um, She was teaching at NYU and she explained, uh, uh, expressed her, her salvation as a train wreck. It wrecked her life. Uh, She lost her, um, she was, uh, had a tenure in in NYU. Uh, She lost her grants, her fellowships and money and she lost her lover. But she got the lover of her soul. And she's married to a pastor down in North Carolina and they got like four or five kids. And now she's writing books how the gospel of hospitality can win people to Christ, even in that community. Let's not magnify any community as if it's impossible for the gospel to reach them. That's right, Oh, I gotta get somebody who was ex-homosexual to to witness to the ex-homosexual, that's the garbage, that's garbage. I'm telling you, you, they may be able to relate it, but the gospel relates to everybody. People specialize, and they, they oh, I'm going to focus just on the black people. Oh, okay. So you're black. Do you mean people going to come get saved because I'm black? No, I don't think so. The, everybody needs the gospel. Right. Everybody needs it. Hell is a place of torment and darkness, and they are going there if they don't hear the gospel. That's right. That's uh, um, another reason why Christians do not evangelize, they love the opinions of others. They're so concerned about what other people think. What if I lose my friends at, at work? They, you're going to forget about them in the next five years anyway. Yeah because you're going to be promoted out of there <laughs> and you ain't going to be staying in contact hey how you doing how's it going <laughs> let me go back and see how the old fellas and old girls are doing you're going to be like no nah, i'm out of here i hated this place it was keeping me back <laughs> so go ahead and lose it quicker <laughs> just go ahead and risk it you know well, what if they fire me for sharing my faith forget the laws and understand we just have a conversation so I can't talk about Jesus? They can talk about how they enter that lifestyle or this lifestyle or they got this and I can't open my mouth and share Jesus over a meal? Hey. Look for opportunities. Be wise as a servant. I'm not telling you to do anything crazy. Get up in the middle of the staff meeting. Jesus is Lord. I mean, then you at the church, like, Pastor, you told me to witness. Now I need y'all to take up an offering for me. I did what you said. Risk it all for Jesus. Now these bills got to get paid. You know, I was paying my tithes at that stuff, but out of my mouth, I lost my job. <laughs> Be wise as a serpent. So get the wisdom of God in those realms to how to witness. All right, here we go. All right, let's, let's, let's give you, how do you witness? How do you witness, right? How, how do you witness? I'm glad you asked. Um, sometimes, when, to, when do you witness? Don't wait for a feeling. <laughs> you'll never, the devil makes sure you'll never have feelings. Don't wait for a dream or a vision. Oh, the Lord's came, like, you know, just like in Peter, go over. <laughs> no, don't wait for that. But seize every opportunity you can. Let me tell you how to witness. I'm glad you asked how to witness, right? It sounds good. So now you, you, you thrust back into work. Some of y'all got to go to work tonight. Some of y'all got, what if you work from home? You could create ways to witness. Right. Hey, can I take you out to eat? My treat? Why are you working from home? Let's meet up sometimes in the city. Look for opportunities. What about that neighbor that you never talked to? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Pray. Okay. one. Okay. One, how do how do we witness one? Pray for a door to witness. Pray for a door. So it starts with prayer. So God, make me a soul winner. God, make, give me a door. And I'm telling you before you can utter the words. God has already started answering that prayer. If you pray that prayer, He'll answer it quicker than any kind of prayer that you ever prayed, Mm -hmm. except for receiving Jesus. The next quickest prayer that He'll answer is to give you an opportunity to share the gospel. So you pray, Lord, save me. He'll answer that quick. Lord, give me a door to preach the gospel. And preaching sometimes can be, you know, we have different concepts about preaching. It just means to proclaim. It doesn't mean hooping. It just means... Proclaiming the good news. Telling those who don't know Jesus. So say, Lord, give me a door of utterance. Give me a door to witness. And he'll he'll quickly set up a situation so you can witness. Don't kick the door down, but go knock. Hey, can I I talk to you? Somebody came and was selling solar panels a a year ago at the house. Boy left with no solar panels. (laughs) <laughs> no, um, we didn't sign up for that mess, right? I'm not saying it's a mess, I'm sorry. Let me clarify. The cameras just went off. <laughs> um, um, we didn't sign up for the solar panel. It didn't make sense to us for that particular time. And then, um, but he left with Jesus. Amen. A guy came um, recently to give us a quote for the bathroom, to redo the bathroom, about three months ago. His name was Isaiah, right? Um, Isaac, action and, uh, and I began to witness to him. And my wife got a word of knowledge, says, you're not going to be at this job any longer soon. He's like, yeah, I, I'm not. We end up praying for him. I gave him a bunch of Kenneth Hagin books, <laughs> and we prayed for him to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He, he living in sin. Go marry that girl that you're living with. <laughs> and, you know, I said, she's good enough for your semen, not your last name. <laughs> he, he wanted to hit me. He's like, you little, you little devil. Why you got to talk? You sound like my mama. And and, and I'm telling you, God opened up his heart. We prayed for him. Courtney prophesied to him. He left with some books. He said, Man, I need to make it right. Yes, absolutely. Amen. So, one, pray for a door to witness. Number two, pray for this wisdom and boldness. So, not only do you need to the door. But you need to know what to do with the door once you walk through it. So give me wisdom and give me boldness. They often, you'll see in the book of Acts, they pray for boldness. Are you praying for boldness? Now, sometimes we pray for boldness to to be our better selves. (laughs) That's good. Believe in yourself. But believe in the gospel more. (laughs) Believe in, give me boldness to open my mouth. Lord, break the fear of rejection. Boldness and wisdom. Number three. Live before people as faithful followers of Christ. Live before people as faithful followers of Christ. So give you, what you say should be backed up with your life. You make it on, at your job on time. It's a horrible witness. You're always late. <laughs> and yet you want to tell everybody about Jesus. <laughs> that makes them not want to know Jesus. Are you gossiping and you you, you cursing the hand that's feeding you? And he's like, you know what? You, you gossip about the, the boss and you complain about the company. The company is this. They don't want to hear you. If your yard is not cut, <laughs> the, the grass, it's a bad witness for Jesus. If, 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 if you're letting your dog poop on somebody else's yard and not pick it up, that's a horrible witness. Come on. Or you sneaking your trash into their trash because you ain't got enough. (laughs) I've done that, I'm guilty, that's why I'm talking about this. Uh, That's not a good witness. (laughs) And I did let somebody else have the dog, and a doo-doo on their yard, and I'm like, Lord's like, you ain't gonna never win this neighborhood. He's like, that's the guy who always used their dog, and now he wanna tell me about Jesus. He can't even pick up the doo-doo from his dog, and yet he wanna tell me how my soul can be saved. (laughs) They gonna wanna receive Christ. (laughs) Are you with me? There's some practical ways. So so you gotta live before people as faithful followers of Jesus. So would Jesus cuss out the teacher that they didn't like because they mistreated your kid? Uh, All kinds of stuff, right? Look for ways to live faithful. Okay, number four, pay your bills on time so that you can be a witness. Number four, develop a rapport with unbelievers. You are not called to the utopia of Christianity. Listen, get to know sinners. Get to know people who don't know Jesus. And every other word is an F word. Get around them, live among them, and be that light. Don't jump in and laugh at the jokes and use the same profanity words, right? That's going to destroy your witness. (laughs) But at the same time, don't be like, oh, don't say that I'm a man of God. No, they don't know that. Oh, go ahead and develop a rapport. Um, Get to know them, listen to them, and ask the Lord to lead you. Another thing, this is just a side note, in witnessing all these years, uh, make sure your breath is smelling good. You're trying to tell them about Jesus, but yet your breath smell like hell. You're gonna lose them to the, your breath. They're gonna experience hell here and in the life to come because your breath stinks. So make sure, you know, <sighs> okay, hey, <laughs> you know Jesus? <laughs> true story, true story, make sure you do that. Develop a rapport with unbelievers. They, You should smell good, you should look good, you should have beautiful breath. Uh, number five, look for opportunity to share and then take it. Look for the opportunity. So after you prayed, you prayed for the door, you prayed for the wisdom, you're living before the people, then you're developing a rapport with unbelievers and you look for the opportunity. So just look for it and God, you'll just walk right into it. Number six, uh, share the gospel where they can understand it. So some people, you don't need to quote Romans 10, 9 and 10 because they don't know what that means. So break it down to them in layman's terms, terms that they can understand. Hey, you're going to go to hell if you don't return to Christ. Return, repent, repent, you know, maybe not use the word repent, turn your life to Christ. What if I got to give this up? I'm not asking you to give up anything. I'm asking you to give you your heart because you get your heart, you get your lifestyle. Amen. 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 So you, you want to explain, move beyond God has a wonderful Plan for your life. Because what did he say? Well, I got a wonderful plan for my life. God has a wonderful plan for your life. That doesn't draw people to Jesus. Because they got a wonderful plan for their life. So who's going to win? Well, the Lord to give you money. I got money. You're the one that's broke. <laughs> you know, that's you know, horrible, right? So we're using these terms. Well, God to bless your marriage. And yet you ending up a divorce and they're still together. They plan. I'll agree. Let's stay together. <laughs> and yet you still can't get along with your spouse. <laughs> you still are. I'm sorry. Um, so you want to share it in a way that they need to change. They need to divorce sin forever. Clearly present the gospel to them where they can understand. Understanding is the key. The goal isn't just to get them to say a sinner's prayer, but it's to get them to understand why they need Jesus. You with me, right? Yeah. Like, let me just say this prayer. You got to say the prayer. The goal is not to say this pr- No, it's not, it's not like we're going to sneak them into heaven. Repeat after me, Jesus, Jesus, I, I, I give you my life. I give you my life. Amen, you're saved. The goal is not to sneak them into heaven, for them to make a quality decision. I want Jesus. I want to turn from my, wa- my way of living. I want to embrace this Christ. Um, I, sometimes... Um, We don't preach repentance. We preach the forgiveness of sins, but not repentance. So we got to tell them they need to change. They they cannot change on themselves, but Jesus wants to change them. He wants to turn them from a life of sin into a life of righteousness. So that has to be clear. Number seven, don't underestimate the power of the gospel to save. You got to believe that the gospel is enough to save them. Are you in me? You got to believe it doesn't matter. I want you to close your eyes right now. Think about the worst person or the person that you think that it's almost impossible to reach. Think about that person. And I want to say to you that the gospel can reach them. No matter what they're involved in, the gospel is enough. And you got to believe that it can reach them. I, I do not try, even if they don't receive Christ right then and then you open your eyes, some of y'all sleep. Even if they don't receive Christ right then and there, I believe that what I just shared with them is enough to get them to Christ if they never see me again. All right, let's go, this one. Uh, number eight, you gotta give them a choice whether to receive or reject him. Choosing Christ is not just the act of the, it's, 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 it's not just, um. You can't just present it to them and pray a little prayer over them. You got to ask them, would you like to receive Christ? When you do that, it forces them to make a decision. Well, I'm not ready. You just made your decision. So whenever you present the gospel, you got to give them a choice. Would you like to receive Christ? Well, I'm not ready. Well, you made a decision, but when you're ready, call me. Or you can call on him without my involvement. Are you with me? I'm telling you how to witness. You got to give them a choice. If there's no choice presented, then they're just, oh, that was a nice talk. Man, that really touched me. Oh, that was so good. You made me feel good. And they just walk away and just never think about that moment again. But you give them a choice. And you say, well, you made your choice. If you were to die right now, you're going to go to hell, buddy. But I'm here for you. And they'll remember that. Remember, you're planting seed. And if, if they already heard the gospel, you're watering seed. But guess what? It's not my responsibility to bring it in. Because God gives the increase. So if I preach the gospel or I water the seed of the gospel, God is faithful to watch over his word, Isaiah 55, and he will not have his word return unto him void. So it may not be tomorrow, but that seed planted 2023 could echo in 2028 and reap a harvest. Are you with me? God will watch over his word. Jeremiah, watch over his word and perform it. You got to believe that that word is enough to save them. Glory to God. If they choose, number nine, if they choose to to receive Christ, pray for them, pray with them to release their faith in the risen Christ. So, what I do is, I've done this many, many years, is I don't go, if they're ready to receive Christ, I do not go into say this prayer after me. What I do is, you ask Jesus what you want him to do. I don't know what to say. Well, what do you want him to do? To save me. So ask him to save you in your own words. And so they're like, save me? Uh, You who are up there, save me, Jesus. And I have them because it's their expression of faith. It's their words. And I'm telling you, it has a a permanent um, mark on them when they use their words. That's a little secret I learned along the way is I have them cry out for what they're asking God for. Because if I rush into repeat after me, then they're just repeating my words and they could be like seals. And then we got false converts. I said the prayer, but no transformation. But if they call on God, whoever comes to them, I will no wise turn them away. Oh God, I call on you. Oh Jesus, I don't know how to pray, but I just, save me. God says, okay, I'm ready. And the, the work of the spirit starts immediately. Transformation. God removes the heart of stone and gives them a heart of flesh. He removes that He breaks them from divorce. The power of sin is broken. The the, the enemy, the force of the defeat of the enemy is in their life. The devil is kicked out. They don't need a hundred sessions of deliverance. The moment they got saved is the moment they got delivered. They need my renewal next. Amen. So what are you gonna do with all this stuff? We're not seeking for someone to pray the prayer. Of the sinner's prayer only. And then, let me say, and then I'll lead them into official prayer. I confess with my mouth that Jesus, is. Lord. what does that mean? He's your master. <laughs> I'm a slave. You absolutely, you're a slave. You're called slavery. <laughs> but in this slavery, there's freedom. Uh, so I lead a prayer and I, and I have them say, Lord, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. They don't understand all, this, all what they're praying, but you praying with them. In faith. And you're praying that prayer. And then when I lead somebody into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues, the first thing I do is I cover that the fact they're saved. So I take them to the sinner's prayer. Why? Because I don't want them to receive another spirit. Are you with me? Don't assume that they're saved. So I just gave you nine ways to, to witness. So how many of y'all are going to be out on November 11 on Saturday? Come on, raise your hand. Get out of your comfort zone. Come out and reach out to somebody. Take a look at this. Let's take pictures. Go ahead. <laughs> be a witness and be a light. As you hand out the clothes, as you hand out the track, we, 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 we get an opportunity. And I pray with you. Most people will allow you to pray with them. And that prayer could open the door for a conversation. And I'm, I'm not saying that you got to go through Genesis through Revelation to explain the gospel. So, you know, Jesus loves you. God so loved the he gave. If you don't know nothing, else, John 3:16 through 3, 16, 3 17. You just explain that to them. Five, ten minutes is enough for the Holy Ghost to change a life. Yeah, that's it. Are you with me? Amen. You open your mouth. And when you're in the lab, Frank, oh, you know, you're not preach the frogs, but you, you, know, you look for opportunity. Hey, you know, just like he search, he's doing, I'm, we're doing operation on the dead frog. He wants to do operation on your heart. <laughs> You know that sadness you feel, that, that 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 sense of eternity that something bigger and better is out here. That's more to this life than this job. I've seen it. People work 35 years on a job and then they, they get all this money, and two weeks later they die. And somebody else is enjoying that money. Somebody else is married to your that spouse living in that house that you sacrificed for. Somebody else is raising your kids. Come on. <laughs> I'm preaching this. <laughs> You got to be right with God. (laughs) I I tell them jokers at Budweiser, they call me the Budweiser pastor. I say, you got to be right with God. You can drink drink this wine, but there's some new wine. (laughs) Some Holy Ghost wine. What are you talking about, Dwayne? (laughs) I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus wants to wash your soul. (laughs) Why are you working at a beer? He he sent me here just for you. (laughs) Come out of that sin. Come out of that lifestyle. I had the Muslim girl grab my hand, who was gorgeous, by the way. Grab my hand. I said, Jesus, I love you. I love Courtney. She said, Dwayne, pray to your Jesus <laughs> that we don't have to work this weekend. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. And we had to work anyway. <laughs> she said, oh, well. then go back to Allah. <laughs> true story. True story. True story. I said, Lord, you could at least answer that. There's lust in your heart, boy. I told my wife about everything. <laughs> I stopped following her on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Why you can't follow her? Huh? My wife said, why can't you follow her? Because she's pretty. And you're pretty too. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, she's pretty. You can't follow her anymore. True story. God's calling us to witness. Don't let Satan blind you from preaching the gospel. He already got the world. Let's go and interrupt his plans. Look, think about... Think about right now close your eyes think about one or two people this week that you can witness to in your circle of influence right now mama daddy grandparents cousin uncle whoever he or she may be think about it now get a vision board for that that i'm going to be a soul winner and get your house No, you can, you got can who said you going to have one vision board you need multiple vision boards. I got four. <laughs> this is all spiritual. Wheelchairs, everything all on that one. But this one right here is just for souls. The hardest person you think that the gospel can reach, I promise you, is probably the easiest person. And the person you think is the easiest is probably the hardest. <laughs> it's a work of the heart, a work of the spirit, and not necessarily of your ability to communicate. He'll use you with your stuttering self, self. <laughs> I just did it. I demonstrated it. <laughs> He'll use you with your stuttering self to preach the gospel and win somebody to Christ. Amen. You and all your flaws can point to the one who is flawless. Y'all ready to witness? I am. You ready? Let's go. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Father. I thank you for stirring us up to go up into the people's worlds. And to everyone, it might not be geographically, but it is into the, the realm of the world that we're in, the, our world. Go into all our world and preach the gospel, Father. And our, all our influence. Father, give us opportunities. Oh, give us boldness and witness. And I pray this week we'll witness in Jesus' name. We'll look for opportunities. God, Holy Spirit, remind us that something greater than our dreams is the dreams from heaven. Living God's dream. God, you want to make us soul winners. So make us soul winners. Come on, pray that. Lord, make me a soul winner. Oh, Lord, make me a soul winner. Oh, God, give me the loss for my inheritance. Psalm 2, that's Psalm 2. Lord, give me the loss. Come on, let's pray for the loss. Lord, give me the loss for my inheritance. God, do not let me leave this world without leading multiple people to Christ. God, in the name of Jesus, may KLM be marked as a soul-winning church. In Jesus' name. You gave us tongues so we could be a soul-winner. You gave us this anointing so we could be a soul-winner. Oh, Father, it looks different in everybody's life. Father, I I pray we'll maximize and we'll walk in this anointing, the anointing that you will receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Make this church a soul winning church. Oh, you've set us high (laughs) so we can be a light in the city. And so, Father, I'm asking for 10% of Perth Amboy. Give me 10, give us 10% of this city in Jesus' name. Bring the homeless, bring the rich, bring the, the downcast, bring those who are doing well in life. God, people who are in all kinds of bondages. Give us our inheritance. Give us our land in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, give us the youth who are in need of Jesus. Give us the parents, the moms and the dads and the singles and the couples. God, we want them all, God. Oh, God, that's our dream and our vision. We want the lost to be found. We want the, the, the broken to be healed. God, you gave us an anointing to go witness. So help us. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want y'all to look for some opportunities this week. I want you to seize the opportunities. They're right before you. Some of them might be in your house. If they call you, you know, one way you can do, I, sometimes I do with telemarketers. You got me on the phone, you gonna call my number and tell me about something I don't want? Yeah. Let me tell you about Jesus. That's right. <laughs> you gonna try to hack my friend's Facebook page? Let me, we gonna talk. You know, Jesus is the only way. Why not to use every opportunity? Yeah. Joan Witnesses come to your door. I to, let me tell you a story. Um a friend, a cousin, my cousin up in New York, she was um, lived in Queens. At the time she was living in Bronx. And every Saturday, Joe Witnesses used to come to her house. And so she got her cousin in the eighth grade, who went to junior number two in Trenton. Okay, she would have me come over sometimes and, and she, you know, she just loved me, just loved me. She just wanted to be my big auntie, but she was my cousin. She's my mom's first cousin. And so anyway, um, I would go. She, she had just got, um, came home um, from, from partying. She was high. She was, you know, she had like a um, hangover. Here I am trying to preach to her. <laughs> In the eighth grade, telling her about Jesus, why she's like, okay. She's like, Dwayne, you really got to tell me about this now? Your mom and dad got you up to this. No, I said, Jesus loves me. He called me to this. She's like, okay, I understand. Anyway, to this day, she's an elder. She, she's a woman of God. So Jehovah Witnesses used to come to her door. So he um, she they came and I went out downstairs and she was up trying to figure out this hangover piece. And um, they said, Oh, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. I said, I'm a Jehovah's Witness too. She said, Oh, welcome, welcome. I said, Yeah, Jehovah Jesus, though. No. Jehovah Jesus. God is my witness. You can call her. I said, Jehovah Jesus. He said, Well, well, that's a little bit different. And she began to like, well, can we talk to you? I said, absolutely, talk to me. I let them talk. Let, let them talk. And I said, well, you, you got to let me talk now. I said, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross. Let me tell you about your religion. Charles Russell, who was 17 years old, went up, in the, went up into the mountain with the King James Version and wrote the Holy Scriptures. And so in the 70s, y'all had some molestation. You molested a lot of kids. <laughs> and you baptized and you prophesying that Jesus is going to come. And I read all this stuff. He's like, what the heck? I read, got it from this book called The Cult, um, The, um, Cults of the Kingdom, Walt, Walter, Mil- Martin, somebody. And, 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 and she's like, okay. I said, but I want you to know there's, there's somebody here who wants to change your life. I said, can I pray for you? No, we don't let you pray. I said, I'm going to pray anyway. I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of Antichrist who's over these two women in Jesus' name. I come It's great. I command you to let them go in Jesus. Now, they always have a protege, right? As the one who's not well trained. And she was confused. She was, well, oh, God. I said, you got to come out of this. God, God, I was going in. I said, come out of that cultish way. Jehovah Jesus is the only way. Oh, it's God in the flesh. I was going in. And they left and never came back. My cousin said they never came back. She said, oh, thank God. Thank you. You are not next house. I'm going to have you come over on a Saturday. Do the same thing. Look for opportunities to witness. Witness to everybody. They want to gossip. Well, gossip about Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly... If you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at KingdomLivingNJ.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.